standing still. I prefer the stillness here. I am tired of earth, these people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. everyone welcome to ongoing comic book discussion podcast i'm your host tessianos and today is a glorious day for comics if this podcast is new to you lots of comic adventures will ensue if you've been here before thank you for coming back for more whether you are a comic book rookie or a comic book vet there's something for you here i bet everyone is welcome here at ocd and thank you for joining me at the top of this episode, I would just like to say we have an OCD Patreon account. That's right. Right now, there is a $2 tier to support this podcast. If you like, no pressure whatsoever. That $2 will get you a letter from me at the beginning of every single month. And that letter will let you know what surprises are in store for the month here at OCD. You will also have exclusive access to the list of comic book adventures we will be embarking upon together for the month. You can only get that on mate on uh, patreon but stay tuned my comic comrades for 2021 brings lots of goodies you can check on ocd's patreon at patreon.com slash ocd podcast thank you so much in advance now to introduce today's co-host i met this guy while waiting in a line to get autographs from the cast of the original 1987 teenage mutant ninja turtle animated series so i already knew he was totally tubular and here we are one year later talking comics he's a voice actor a batman enthusiast and an all-around super rad dude he is andrew roos what's up andrew cowabunga dudes cowabunga dudes <laughs> radical intro Thanks, man. <laughs> did we get Andrew or did we get Mikey here? Yeah, well, I decided to come in instead. <laughs> oh, my God. I I am so honored to, to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Of course. You have, I think you've heard about every single thing that OCD has put into the ether. You've, uh, you've been listening for a long time. I, yeah, like since the first episode came out. So yeah, you, uh, when it was you and Corey had the intro episode, I even listened to like, because I'm familiar with, with comics myself, but just to kind of get like a refresher, I listened to that one episode where you guys were explaining like terms and stuff. And uh -huh. like, like, honestly, like, I'm not just saying this because I'm on here, but that, that really like does like help out and even it was a good refresher on my end and definitely you know for new people like that, that definitely helps especially when you guys just kind of dive right into what you guys talk about so yeah, yeah I, totally. I, I, i've been listening since back in the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've been even on here for a while you were uh when we asked people for a wookie um, their Wookiee impression. You were like one of the first people to email us. You're like, dude, I got I, it. And I, I was, was like, like yes. please. And, and I, I'm not going to lie. When, when uh, I did, li I did listen to that episode, of course. And I heard mine. I was like, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> there it is. Oh man. Chewbacca's with you too. You got a whole cast of characters over there. Oh yeah. Just, you know, to whoever, whoever you need. I, I got it for the most part. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You are a voice actor and you're pretty amazing at that. So I'm so glad you're here. Oh, We're going to be, be goofy together. <laughs> well, gosh. <laughs> uh, speaking of goofy. Mm -hmm. Hello. So we met mm -hmm. one year ago, mm -hmm. uh, on August 
2019 at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. You and your darling girlfriend, Meg, who we will hear from in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we were there for the TMNT 1987 original voice cast Mm -hmm. with the beloved Rob Paulson, uh, who I absolutely love. And... Oh my gosh! Yeah, please, was... please tell me the amazingness that ensued. Oh like, my god! Ugh. Like, well, well, first of all, like the the fact that I got to see these people in person: Rob Paulson, Townsend Coleman, who is Michelangelo, Cam Clark, who is Leonardo, and uh, Barry Gordon, who's Donatello. Which, oh my god! So, kind of funny thing, and I'll get into it. So, we were yeah. waiting in line. It was uh, me, Meg, and uh, and my buddy uh, Monty. We were waiting in line, and this older gentleman, kind of shorter than I comes walking in wearing a purple polo and Ooh. he's uh, coming in like oh uh, I, I i need to get in like he was nice about it and everything and the person on the front's like uh, uh okay well but there's a line like who are you he's like i'm barry gordon i'm, I'm donatello like i, I i'm in the <laughs> show and they're like oh i'm so sorry like go right ahead so he was like right in front of me i was like that was donatello <laughs> and oh my god like and then so yeah, and so then, you know, obviously we get settled and everything and just, oh my God, like Rob Paulson is just, he's just an amazing human being. Like how you hear yeah. him in interviews and everything, like that's just him. And oh my God, it was just mm-hmm. so amazing. And and the performance that they put on, because uh, it was based off of his uh, uh, Talking Tunes podcast that he had yes. been doing. Um, I think it ended back in March of last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, you know, and he'll, he'll put the name out there to, to kind of advertise that. And in the show, uh, him and the cast and, and also uh, the voice actress for April O'Neil was there as well. And uh, Renee Jacobs, that's her name. And um, mm-hmm. they did a reenactment of the first episode of <sighs> Teenage Mutant so Ninja good. Turtles. And it was yeah. great and hilarious because so, uh, James Avery, um, the, the the voice actor for Shredder, and he was Uncle Phil on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, he had yeah. passed away years ago. And it's funny, mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was a voice actor until much later, but I digress. Um, so to get a um, uh, substitute, so they, they, they substituted uh, one of the voice actors. I forget the gentleman's name. But then there was Master Splinter. So now that yes. voice actor is still alive. <laughs> So who did they get instead to substitute for that voice? None other than (laughs) Bill Farmer, a.k.a. Goofy. And it was the most hilarious thing ever. So hilarious that the Ninja Turtles cast could like barely keep it together. Like, Rob Paulson's (laughs) like, I want to hear this all freaking evening, but we got to get the show going. Like, we just got to keep going. It was so fantastic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, and Goofy was like, if you can just imagine him as Master Splinter, he's like, gosh. Well, gosh, Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Time to kick some shell. (laughs) Like, my face never hurt so much from smiling so big. I think I was crying. I was so happy. <laughs> oh my god, me too. And and the fact that they even took their time to have like this like last minute like meet and greet. They're like, yeah, you guys want to talk? You want to meet? Like, let's do it. Because I had no idea that they were going to do that. I thought it was just going to be the show, you know, wham bam, thank you, ma'am, as uh, Meg likes yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Oh my god, it was just such an amazing evening it was just so inspiring and and one of the best parts and again not just saying this we got to got to meet you you know and it was Aww. just it was just nice to just you know be in a line like that and just kind of you know be amongst your fellow nerds and how however 
way that like you knew Rob Paulson. I knew it was primarily from the um the podcast. Yeah, from Talking Tunes. And I've known him like forever as, you know, as Yakko and as, you know, Raphael yeah. and everything. And of course Talking Tunes. And it's just it's just so cool that you can find this common ground. And you know, like like comics kind of do that because there's like now especially yeah. nowadays, there's like a little bit of everything for everyone. So it's just it I love the nerd culture and I, I I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, uh, and yeah, and you're knee deep in it, my friend. Oh, you yeah. love comics. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in the swamps, trending <laughs> through. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it. Oh, good. You know what's funny about that line is that I almost didn't. So I was sitting in the line. It was a long line because it was after the show mm-hmm. and they were doing the autographs. Mm-hmm. And I sat in line for a while and I was like, this line is not moving. I'm just going to go home. I don't know. I was just really in my head. Yeah. And then I like had a second. I went to the corner to go cross the street and I had the second guess. And I'm like, no, just get back in line. And I ended up getting in front of you guys you guys eventually got like you guys got right behind me and then we just yeah. started talking for like an hour mm-hmm. and we've been friends for a year no, which exactly. is so crazy and awesome it's so awesome like oh, very man. serendipitous mm-hmm. the turtles brought us together <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh, well awesome so we are not here to talk about turtles unfortunately maybe next time yeah, maybe next time yeah we're we're yeah. going to be taking on something very opposite of ninja turtles <laughs> very opposite Yes, you. So you picked Watchmen, my friend. I did. I did. Yes. I I was that comic book nerd that's like, we're doing Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm so good that you did because I've never I've never read it, and this will. I mean, because Watchmen, it's only this one giant volume. Mm-hmm. This is the Watchmen episode for OCD. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, and it's a, and it's a good size too. I mean, obviously we're being. Uh, we're, we're, this recording is audio, of course, but, uh, yeah, I do. I brought the book with me just yes. to, just to share. Yeah. I've, I have had this book since, I think since I was in high school. Uh, so back in like 2000, so the, so the movie, which is funny. So unfortunately I, it was one of those cases where I saw the movie before I read the book and you uh, know, I'm kind of, I have mixed feelings about it. Cause it's like, I get it. It's like whatever you have access to. Um, so at right. the time, like, cause I had always been into, into comics and actually funny enough, one of the first series that I got into, you would think, Oh, like a Batman or a Spider-Man and all that yeah. stuff. While I was into those superheroes via cartoons, my sure. first graphic novel actually was like the Sandman comics. Whoa. You know, like the Vertigo series that's now, which Vertigo is now owned by DC. So I started with some really dark shit. <laughs> you and, did. And then so that that led me to be interested in Watchmen because it's uh, my uncle uh, had actually gotten me into comics. Like he was renovating his house and he had a box of comics. And he was Ooh. like, oh, yeah, go ahead and like you know, read these while, you know, and hold on to them for me until the house is ready to go. And he had the original issues, all 12 issues of Watchmen. So um, at the time, I think I had started to read them. And then by the time the house was done, you know, because being in school and everything, like, you know, you don't have time to enjoy life. (laughs) But um, so so he eventually took the took the comics back. And then it was and then it was a few years later that the movie came out. So I watched the movie and then Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to go pick up the book. And so I did. And I've had this copy ever since and granted it's just a paperback but i 
I love this thing. It is one of my prized possessions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great comic. It's it's old too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if we're old, it's old. No, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is I, I hold here a fossil. <laughs> yes, yes, ex- excavated from the deepest depths of New York City. Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So like everything that I've read about this because okay so you talked about the movie and Mm -hmm. I read I I saw the 2009 movie and I watched it again the other day Mm -hmm. and I was like this is very similar to the comic like it's almost verbatim yeah almost pretty much um so it's it's funny the um so the person who did the scripting uh he is uh voice actor writer director his name is uh david Hayter. um and Mm -hmm. he is the voice actor or was the voice actor for solid snake in the metal gear solid series and uh he was primarily a screenwriter too in fact he also did the script for the first uh x-men movie like the very first x-men movie uh brian singer the director had him like do a bunch of rewrites on it because he knew the material and Mm -hmm. years later you get Watchmen, and he does the same thing he pretty much keeps it verbatim and you know and and there's definitely like a couple of key differences especially sure. like at the end and we'll obviously talk about that but yeah there's just yeah like it, but it's pretty much like you you watch the movie it's pretty much the book but then you're you're gonna get the purists that say well no there's there's this this and this and it's like yes but you know for for the sake of a movie you kind of want to co- consolidate it but this was during a time where like the comic book movies were getting that like extra oomph like you had mm. you had Iron Man come out mm-hmm. the year before and then like that that's just when everything started picking up cuz now we're all in favor of let's just break down a book into a series yeah. and watch it that way so you get the full picture you get the full everything you know Yeah yeah, and I'm see. I'm doing everything backwards because I've been uh, throughout my throughout my whole life. <laughs> I've been so excited about the comic book movies. I watched all the Marvel ones in the theater. Oh, yeah. I think I watched Watchmen in the theater. All the mm-hmm. X movies in the theater. But nobody ever goes, "Hey, Tess, why don't you pick up a comic? I'm sure you'll love it." And look at me now. Oh, um, yeah. But like, it's I love doing it backwards, mm-hmm. kind of, because it's like, "Oh, that was in the movie. Oh, that was in the movie." And that must be how you guys feel when you watch a movie. You're like, "Oh, that was." the comic oh that was in the comic you know <laughs> well that's funny because uh, for me like because i'm not gonna you know claim that like I'm, I'm i'm such a like purist to where like it needs to be by the book and it needs you know this and that and whatever like because because yeah. like i said like i'd watched the watchman movie first and yes i'd read a few uh, of the issues first but i didn't finish mm-hmm. it all the way through before watching the movie right. so oh. you know um but it, it definitely helps and i'll give kind of a side example it's like if you read anything batman at least on my end all I hear mm-hmm. is Kevin Conroy, Batman, anything <laughs> yeah. that I read, unless it's like a significantly like younger Batman, if it's anything that I'm uh, diving into, all I hear yeah. is Kevin Conroy, you know? So so it, it <laughs> almost kind of helps in that sense because like, yes, as, as a reader, you kind of want to figure out like, what does Batman sound like? Or in this case, like some of the characters, what do these characters in Watchmen, what do they sound like, you know? But it yeah. kind of almost helps that like, all right, I kind of have an idea. Cause like, if you're thinking about it and you don't know kind of like how to interpret these characters sometimes then you kind of need somewhat of a reference. So it's like, people can bash on you all they want about like, oh, well you didn't <laughs> read the book, but you know, hey, sometimes it just helps to get right into just watching the movie and then I, and I think that gives you a greater appreciation 
for the books personally because then you could appreciate that extra details like i saw this in the movie but in the book like oh man there's just more goodies to pick from nim 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 (laughs) yeah exactly and like there were some parts of this comic that i was like that was definitely not in the movie and i could see why like the newspaper stand part and the other comic within a comic part Mm -hmm. they have in here and we'll definitely dive into that yeah and you can see how and why that needed to be translated from it (laughs) but yeah when you go into the comic you're like ooh, i get extra story here it's like Mm -hmm. the extended director's cut in the comic (laughs) which uh which is funny because they actually did do that for the movie a few years later there's like an ultimate cut of watchmen like so what they did is it were and uh we'll talk about the the black freighter uh inner comic uh thing so they made that into like an animated type like movie i don't know if they did it uh as episodes but they put it as like a little you know thrown together movie so you saw that separate so what mm-hmm. they did is they did a director's cut of Watchmen in general. So they added, okay. I think it's only like 12 more minutes of like extra stuff. It could be longer. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so the movie's <laughs> a little bit longer. And then mm-hmm. they incorporated the the mini comic animated movie into it. So it flows as though you're reading the, the, the you know, or seeing the actual it, comic. The actual comic. Yeah, yeah exactly. On the DC app, um, I watched this before this as well. They have the motion comic where they have mm. voice actors. Is that what you're talking about, oh, or no. is there something? Oh else? no, that's something else. Like it, it, it's specifically oh. like the, uh, when we talk about the little mini comic that's in the, the Watchmen oh, comic. So they I animated understand. that as a, as its own thing, and then mm-hmm. they made an ultimate cut where they interwove the main movie as the director's cut movie and then put the animated movie in there as well. So it's like a one big old show. I think it's almost like four hours of watching that. So you will need to take intermission if you're going to dive into that. I personally haven't seen that. That's something that I want to like get one of these days. So, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. I'm curious where that is. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I'll definitely send you something to to, to look at that. Um, Yeah. And and it's funny, you mentioned the motion uh, comic. So I wanted to get a refresher uh, on it because it it had been years since I've read Watchmen. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of cheated a little bit and I did watch the the motion uh, graphic novel because I had never watched it in its entirety. So it's it's very helpful if you kind of just like, well, I don't want to hold this book. I'm just going to stare at a screen. So if, yeah. if, if that's how you want to consume the actual Watchmen graphic novel, then, hey, that's cool. Keep in mind, it's only going to be one voice actor, and it's a dude. And he, <laughs> for all the... the liter- literally yes. for all the voices. And he even does, like, the women voices. And sometimes yes. it gets a little awkward. I'm like, oh. But it's kind of, yeah, it was funny. It threw me off. It made me not like Lori uh, Jupiter as much. I was like, oh. I mean, not that she had a, a dude voice, but I was like, couldn't they not get a girl actor to come in here or anybody that sounded more like her character? Yeah. Um, but whatever, I can't complain. It was like, and I don't think it's cheating. You're literally mm-hmm. still reading the comic. No, like, that's literally what that fine. voice actor was doing. It's it's as though you were listening to like an audio book. That, that's it's pretty much how, how it came across, so. Yeah. And so this is a really legendary comic. And I'll definitely get into the summary in a minute to catch anybody up who hasn't read it mm-hmm. um, or hasn't seen it. It's it's pretty incredible for its size and the depth of the story that it goes to. Like, if you expect to read this in a day, it's just not going to happen. It's Absolutely like not. it took me probably a couple days and it, that was me pushing it. Like, oh, yeah. it, like when I right, like when you get to at least issue three, you're like, 
I need a break. You're out of breath. Well, no, you know, yeah. it's deep. Like it, 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 it's such a big plate of, of, yes. of content in this book that you need to like conquer it, like almost like piece by piece. Like um, when I did the, uh, the when I watched the uh, motion graphic novel, um, I had to do it like a by about like like three episodes a piece because like like let alone like the issues themselves are like pretty big on their own but like mm-hmm. if you can if you're consuming three issues like that's just that's a lot that's a it's just a lot yeah. of that, that that's being fleshed out a lot that's you know being talked about and it, it's just it's a very heavy read but i but it's definitely one of those must reads for for anyone yeah. getting into comics anyway like that's yeah. that's your like oh you want to get into comics <laughs> have i got a story for you <laughs> no really truly like this is for 1987 for this to be a comic mm-hmm. this like goes into the depths of things yeah. and it goes really deep it goes deep into politics and i'm not a political person mm-hmm. but my husband is more of a political person and he this is actually his comic yeah. and so when we were watching the movie bless his soul <laughs> he will pause if i'm like i got a question he'll pause and be like what is it because he loves comics mm-hmm. and all this nerdy stuff so he's happy to like explain all this stuff to me and thank goodness because the politics part if he didn't i would have been so lost yeah. but it's like there is like okay, so when I was listing the characters for this, I even started listing politics as a character. Oh no, definitely, because that's right? a big thing. Like, and, and that's the thing you don't have to have like a first and a last name to be a character. Like, of oh, the world can be a character. The the scenarios can be a character in themselves, and definitely in this. Like, I I agree. Like, the the politics yeah. are its own thing. Like, it's yeah, and 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 will and that's something that we'll definitely talk about because there's some altering, yeah. you know, uh. Uh, time time lapses there or not time lapses yeah. um just alternative universe alternative yeah. endings kind of thing yeah, yeah it's so cool mm. so let's dive into it yeah, because we've it. got quite a lot of ground to cover mm. um uh andrew and i agree that we're gonna do kind of a rough timeline and as we go we're gonna really dive into the characters because to dive into each crevice of this comic is just a feat that i don't know if i'm ready to do <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. Honestly, like five <laughs> yeah. hours later. And therefore, after yes. now we get into issue two. <laughs> yes, truly, <laughs> truly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is a DC comic. It was published in 1987, written by Alan Moore and illustrated by Dave Gibbons. <clears throat> and Alan Moore is apparently a legend. Mm. Um uh, I would love for you to tell me what other things Alan Moore has done. Um, do you, I mean he did he do he did Walking Dead right? Am I wrong? Oh uh, uh, no, that was uh, I think that was uh, Robert Kirkman that did it. Oh, I saw more on the on the cover of uh, Walking Dead, but maybe I'm wrong. But I know that he is quite a legend. I know he did Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. He did. Gosh, he did, he's done so much. He's a le- um, oh, yeah. somebody that I was yeah somebody I was talking to recently. He was like Alan Moore is the comic dude yeah i was like oh shit honestly like if you're gonna talk about comic book uh writers like he, alan moore is one of those guys like i think even uh like uh neil gaiman like had worked uh under him for a little bit too i if i saw correctly but yeah that like and, and, and some of the titles too like so i will we'll say about alan moore that he doesn't have an extensive catalog in the sense of like you know, he didn't do a Spider-Man here. He didn't do 
like a Green Lantern there or whatever. Um, so I'll, I'll so but he's told these like just amazing stories. So you have V for Vendetta that was his uh, book as oh, well. Oh right. And he also did um, uh, Batman the Killing Joke. Like that was his Batman book. Like and that oh, that's an amazing shit. read. Like if you ever get around to that, I definitely I haven't got to that. Like yet. if you're gonna get into anything Batman, that's like one of the books you gotta read. Like I wouldn't say okay. top five, top three, but I I digress. <laughs> he also that's a big deal. Yeah, and he also did um the League of Extraordinary uh, Gentlemen, which <gasps> I have not. I want to cover that. Oh, um, gosh. but uh, I have seen the movie. The movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god. So the thing about Alan Moore that you kind of have to understand is that he he could give two shits less about hollywood like he and hollywood don't really mesh in fact he uh there's a thing and i i was doing a little bit of of research because it'd been like a minute like i'm like oh yeah alan moore he oh yeah he's butted heads with hollywood for like so many years and to the point where if there's anything that he's written and he no longer owns he doesn't want his name on it anymore like so like for example the recent uh watchman tv show his name his name's not on there it's only it's only dave gibbons dave gibbons is like hey well if you don't want the credit i'll take the credit i drew the damn thing (laughs) but wow yeah no and and there's just like so much about and like i i have a feeling that specifically the league of extraordinary gentlemen is what ultimately like killed it because like apparently he was like accused of like some kind of like plagiarism or or something from Whoa. like a from like a producer a producer had tried to sue i think it was 21st century fox at the time that was doing this movie i i forget so again don't quote me on that <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah no so he he and his view about it because you, you can interpret it as like oh what you don't want to share your works with you know everyone but it's like no it's not that i don't want to share works it's i love comics so much in fact he doesn't like to use the term graphic novel he acknowledges it as comics you know so okay. and he and he just he loved he loves the the um the media of it and he feels like that movies kind of just take away from that you know and, interesting and of course he he's kind of a weird guy in himself anyway but i, I could kind of get on board with that that like you know and that's the thing and you had addressed it earlier that like you know you've seen the marvel you know movies and you know you've seen Watchmen and whatever but no one really has the urge to be like you know what I want to go read the comic you know because it's right because you know for all these years as you know comics have been considered this kind of like you know like taboo like ew that's for boys that's for nerds and stuff yeah exactly but I I love the movies now because it, it, it gives the general audience a taste into the superhero world and it almost encourages it like i mean you still kind of have that stigma about it where you know comic books are for only for nerds but honestly and especially with what they come out with nowadays it's for everyone and seriously and so i definitely agree with him on on that part of like yeah it could it could take away from it but i just indulge everything superhero so i'm like movies comics i don't care give it all to me <laughs> <laughs> i know i i i want uh, comics to be for everyone like everyone like i was thinking the other day i was like there's like there's male roles and there's female roles but like all the stuff in between they don't really address in like the major comics and i want more of that because i feel like when we have those stories we understand it more you know exactly. it doesn't just have to be like 
you know, it could be differing variations of a female and male or, or, or sexuality or whatever. It's like that, I think, is really what comics is because it tells the story of the untold. And that's what's yeah. so important. It's like that's those are the stories that I want to read. No, and, you know? and they're fresh and they're new. It's like how many yeah. how many times can we read a, a, a story about a damsel in distress right. and like you know as a guy it's like ooh, like i could picture myself as whoever and i get to save the lady which is all well and good but like especially for how society is now like i you know yeah. i love an independent woman which is that's how my my lady is and it, but you know we can always come together and be cutesy and whatever but like i love i love that that a woman can carry herself and you know what women to, to me can do a lot of things a lot better than than men can and why can't it be fighting crime without why being not? without being sexualized give 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 that woman a decent covered up like armored suit or costume <laughs> and just let them wreck let them freaking yes. wreck like honestly go seriously yes <laughs> i love it i love it so I'm going to do a summary of Watchmen, and I can't wait to dive into this for you. We have definitely um, – this is this is a good one. Okay. This Hugo Award-winning graphic novel chronicles the fall from grace of a group of superheroes plagued by all two human failings. Along the way, the concept of the superhero is dissected as the heroes are stalked by an unknown assassin. One of the most influential graphic novels of all time and a perennial bestseller, Watchmen, has been studied on college campuses across the nation is an, and is considered a gateway title, leading readers to other graphic novels such as V for Vendetta, which you mentioned, uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns, and the Sandman series. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> and that, it's good. And that's the crazy part. So you just read that summary, and little do you know... That there's more to it than just that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's just a little portion. Like, it's like you read that and you're like, wait, but, but what is it about? <laughs> it's... So we open this comic and we have the death of the comedian. Yeah. So, and we slowly start to unravel the comedian. And I love what the comedian represents. Mm -hmm. He represents like what society is too nice to say. Mm -hmm. It's like everything that he does, we're like, oh my God, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And then you're like, but oh shit, he's kind of right. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's just so, of all the characters in this book, he he is like the realist. Like it's, yeah. you know, and, and there's just moments, well, for, actually for practically the whole book, you just absolutely just hate this guy as you, as you yeah. get to know his character, you know, over time through, uh, you know, uh, memory uh, and then all that. And it's just, oh, man. But it's like, I want to punch you in the face so hard, but you're, yeah. but you're effing right. You are right. I hate that you're right, but you're right. And especially yes. during, like, the, the dark times that was, that was you know, the, the, the Cold War, like, just history in general. Like, that was... Like you didn't know if a bomb was gonna go off, and and, and mm -hmm. you know if you were gonna be blown to smithereens, and and the fact that that was looming over just society in general, and and even and in this book especially, it just like and, and he he just he knew he was like you know we're humans we're gonna fuck off and die at some point, so uh, I'm just gonna call it as I sees it, 
Yes, yes, and that's exactly what he does. And even like just like his character, he's like this this brute, burly guy. Um, and I love who he's played in the movie. He's the guy from The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Right now, that, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, like he, perfect. That was that was perfectly casted. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's the that's yeah. the comedian. Like, oh man, like uh, and that was a pretty it looks good just cast like the in comic. general. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, exactly. Like, but that was just that was just perfection. Like, oh man, I know, and I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> He's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> He is. He's awesome. He's a cutie too. Um, and so the comedian is also Edward Blake. And we're just kind of like introduced very slowly to what superheroes mean to this world. Mm. And it's during the 1980s. And we know that because we're introduced to a character and we'll jump around here, Andrew, but mm. we're introduced to a character named Rorschach. And he basically is our narrator for the whole thing. And he writes these journals about what's happening and what he's observing. And he's the only one that's truly concerned about the comedian's death. Mm-hmm. I'd be... He's the only one that wants to investigate, right? Yeah, he's the only one. Like, as, uh, you know, as we introduce more characters, they kind of just blow him off. He's like, hey, everyone, this <laughs> dude who was going to potentially be in our superhero group or has been a superhero was killed. Shouldn't we, like, see this as something? And, but, and that's the thing because the comedian was such an a-hole like yeah they're like oh well it's sad but eh you know he kind of asked for it you know and that's how yeah. everyone treats it and i'm sure even rorschach like internally is like yeah he's not the greatest guy in the world but like but come on like you know a superhero got killed and one who kind of like masked himself as such you know so i think he yeah. was yeah because i don't think edward blake like revealed that he was the comedian because I think in that first book, like he or chapter, I should say, um, mm-hmm. Rorschach finds out that oh, Edward Blake is the comedian. So yeah, yeah, he was he was kind of putting it together, and then I love how they unveil the characters through his discovery. Mm-hmm, right? Yeah. It's like Rorschach has a he has so Rorschach's the guy that has the moving fabric face. Oh my god! You know, it's which certainly a Rorschach test, right? Which to sidetrack a little bit, there was one uh, yes. time I I actually cosplayed as Rorschach ah, and uh-huh. so the, my first uh rendition of my cosplay is that I just got like a regular like Halloween like Rorschach uh mask or whatever but yeah. there was somebody that actually made masks that as you breathe the ink blot would like fade <gasps> away and change like what? so you got to choose from like four different masks because each had a different pattern because the inks didn't completely move but like the heat of your breath would like make some of the ink <gasps> go away so it changed and so i had updated wow. my cosplay and i wore that mask and do you still have i that? still do it's in a box somewhere like i along with like my spider-man mask and like a bunch of that okay. kind of stuff <laughs> like like Warshack, like in general, and I and I think even back then he was my favorite character of the book. And I think after kind of you know years later getting back into it, he, I think I can still say that he is definitely still my favorite character, just because like of just how he is. It's just like he, you know, he's very like determined. He's very like yeah. you know, like I want to figure out this stuff. While some of his viewpoints, you know, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. This book gets kind of like political, like as you can as you can tell but him he's very totally very conservative like so so some things i'm kind of yeah. like yeah, i mean shouldn't really say that about women but you know but other than that like just like him as a as a as a hero as a costume vigilante as they're known in the book because um 
during uh during this an, an act was passed called the keen act which outlawed you know masked heroes and that's the thing so in the watchman mm -hmm. universe everyone is just a masked crime fighter the only person who has powers to which one of the uh, people that rorschach visits is dr manhattan Right, you know, and the only reason why is be that he can be himself is because he works for the government. Yeah, well, and and because of the radiation and stuff, like he was yeah. he, out of every every one of the the characters we introduced, he's the one that got exposed to to radiation to become a super being. But other than yes. that, and that's why it was such a big deal. Like it was like, well, what, like, you know, I remember reading it at first. I was like, why is it such a big deal? Like they're all superheroes, and I realized I'm like, oh my god. You're right. Dr. Manhattan's the only one with powers. Everyone else just wears a, a costume and just beats up criminals. Yeah. And isn't, do you think it's so metaphoric and symbolic that like they're all masked except for Dr. Manhattan and he's the one that's mm -hmm. like, we're all puppets here and I'm the only one that sees the strings. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I love that. That's, that's like one of the big quotes that comes out of this book. And like, that's no, that that's absolutely true. Like, it's he just it's, see, that this comic know, and, is just, just so deep way that he goes through the, this whole thing is just kind of like you know like because he's he, it's like it's almost like he has too much power you know yeah. that he's just kind of mm -hmm. like well like i can do all this i still like my science stuff oh everything else oh oh right yeah no okay uh oh back to back to neurons or whatever whatever right. he was into <laughs> Exactly. I know. He's like, uh, science. But then, okay, so then let's talk about Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Doctor, and this is when we'll kind of follow Rorschach's journey because he's mm -hmm. really he's really the narrator in all this. He's, oh, he's yeah. getting us through all this with his journal, and his journal actually becomes like the whole pivot at the end, which mm -hmm. is pretty incredible. Yeah. So he's writing to us, the audience, and he's kind of explaining what he's observing, mm -hmm. what he's seeing, what he's feeling. He's uncovering the truth. And we kind of get these glimpses of what superheroes mean to everybody, and there has been these different categories of superheroes and one of the categories that has been there kind of the longest is dr manhattan here and he basically he's the blue dude <laughs> he's all blue he's um he's a doctor he has a, a phd in some like amazing atomic physics yeah i think it's and, atomic physics yeah uh-huh yeah and he's do you want to explain the accident that happens that ex that is what he oh, is man. i mean that isn't it, they don't reveal it much later in the book but just to explain like what he's able to oh, do so, you know his capabilities yeah so so essentially okay so, so he works for you know um you know he's working with like radiation and, and everything and um so what uh, one of the things that they talk about is that he originally wanted to be a, a watchmaker like his dad but his dad was like no son this is where it's at atomic physics and i don't even know what that is <laughs> and so and so you know so he um so and and the and his real name dr manhattan is uh john osterman so he goes mm -hmm. to uh you know school and, and and gets his degree and he starts uh working whatever and he uh falls for uh for a lady uh uh janie slater and so you know um I believe that the scenario was that it was her watch. So he finally gets around to like fixing the watch or whatever, but he leaves it in this test chamber and he's like, oh shoot, sorry, honey, let me go grab it. I'll be right back. And then the test yeah. chamber like closes and it locks in and just disintegrates him. Just <sighs> poof, gone. But gone. In, in their case, but in our case, as we're, as we see in the art, just 
completely just shredded by molecule by molecule which you know atomic physics we got to make it relate somehow <laughs> and that's and that's how they do it and so then you know days go by and like literally his being his form is coming in like piece by piece and you see mm-hmm. like th- this gross image of like a nervous system and like muscles coming in and the scientists because because it was still he was developed in the lab and he was developing in the lab so you had all these scientists like what is going on here and then finally you get this blue being that throughout a lot of this book they can almost consider him a god and he yes he's even like you know you know, there's not really a God. And I love this quote. Uh, there, there's no, uh, there is no God. And even if there was one, I'm not it. And, right. and think about it in comparison to the common human being. And again, with everyone else being mass crime fighters, he's the only one that has these supernatural abilities. And it's not just one pertinent little power. He does a bunch of stuff. Like there's yeah. this, his teleportation thing. He, what else does he do? Like he just... He can go through, go walls. through walls. He can make other people teleport somewhere else. He zaps, right? he zaps people. Like, he just, like, completely, like, yeah. annihilates people, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, man. It's pretty... He's pretty incredible. He has to be one of my favorite characters because every time I was writing down a quote, it was one of his. Mm-hmm. It's like, because he sees the world for what it truly is. He's like, there's nobody that's fucking up... He doesn't say this literally, right. obviously, but he <laughs> says there's nobody fucking up the world except for us. Like, yeah. it's, it's people and... He actually starts to separate himself from humans. He doesn't really care. He says, mm-hmm. a live body and a dead body contain the same number of particles. Oh, Structurally, that's no discernible difference. Life and death are unquantifiable abstract. Why should I be concerned? Well, you know, yeah. he does not care. Well, and, like, <laughs> and, and then you get into, you know, Silk Spectre, like uh, uh, yes. Lori uh, uh, Jupiter or Mm-hmm. I forget how you actually say it. Apparently, it's Polish. Yeah, like, Polish, yeah. <laughs> Jay something like that. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna have listeners like saying it's this. <laughs> but yeah, um, so <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> so like, so she she kind of points that out and and is like, like, are you kidding me, John? Because still refers to him as his human name, and essentially he is human. But at that point especially like where with he, where he is in life and like what he is it it's like he's not human anymore you know so it's like yeah. yes like i i felt for lori where she got frustrated at that fact but it's like girl you're dating this like literal super being like right? and and, and, it's, and he's seeing things that even us as as readers as humans can't even begin to try and understand you know so let alone like the lover of of this character of of dr manhattan you know like she tries to but like it just gets so much for her you know yeah he's he's starting to detach from her and to explain miss jupiter we're coasting right into her character um i call her miss jupiter because everybody calls her miss jupiter but she hates it because miss jupiter is her mom to her because her mom is Sally, Sally Jupiter, Sally. who was the uh, original Silk Spectre, part of the Minutemen, which is interesting because these are the Watchmen. Um, 
man, her character is really interesting. And forgive us, uh, listeners, we're jumping around, but that's just how the Walkman comic is. Like, this is truly a difficult comic to pick apart, but we're going to take our time mm. here. Um, but it's so we got Sally Jupiter, who is essentially the old Silk Spectre. Mm. And we meet her. She now lives in a retirement home in California. Yeah. And her daughter. So to explain how Lori Jupiter is the way she is, she's got a mom that used to be this like hottie bobody. Mm-hmm. Like people were writing porno mags on her because mm-hmm. she was just so freaking hot, right? Oh, yeah. Um there's a moment with her and the comedian, which I think we should dive into specifically. It's very, very um very impactful. Mm-hmm. But you know, Lori, who is Sally Jupiter's daughter, who is the new Silk Spectre, who is Dr. Manhattan's girlfriend for the last 15 years um so she comes from a mom who's very obsessed with her image and how she's portrayed in the world and she like she visits her mom and her mom is just like look at all these people who thought i was so hot and then she's got this boyfriend who doesn't give a shit about her anymore you know is very disconnected you know they're not in they're in a relationship but like he doesn't care about her so she's also this weird person as well Not a weird person, but like just very traumatic. A lot of crazy things have happened to her, and so the the product is someone who really needs love, and she 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 wants that really bad. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't say that Doctor Manhattan doesn't like give a shit about Lori. It's just he's so focused on his science and just the fact that he's right. just this being. That's what's taking the priority, and because he, you know, we could give him a little credit. Like he he tries, but but he, I mean, you could kind of yeah. tell that like. You know, the, the trying can only go so far, and, and it's kind of like he kind of ran out of tries at, at, at this point in their relationship, which we see in the book. But no, like, yeah. I would say he just be, he just literally becomes just more detached, like, by the day. Like, because, you yeah. know, they at, at some point, you know, they uh, they get back and they have a conversation, um, uh, Lori and, uh, and John, and he... You know, it's like, you know, the only thing I really have in stake of this world is you. So he he still has yeah. that feeling for her. But again, it's just, you know, with everything going on, he just, you know, which, again, we will get into. <laughs> yeah, like, again, I know. Just, it's like, uh... And just a warning for everyone, like we we may not even cover every single little thing. And my recommendation yes. is basically just to go read it and to just do your own research, too. Like, let us supplement yeah. that for you. Uh, but definitely like it, it and it's fun to just research this but yes no beautifully said andrew exactly like we're not gonna hit every part we're just like okay maybe we should focus on the character it's it's hard yeah. it's an onion you know and they peel back the layers of why these because this is essentially about a group of superheroes ex-superheroes and the reason why as andrew pointed out before in 1977 there was the keen act and they basically couldn't be superheroes anymore because of all these things that were happening, which again, we'll get into. And it's just like, they start you at this certain point. You started the comedian's murder and then you slowly get to know everybody through the way that they react through the comedian's murder. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's, there's just so many layers just to dive into it is such a feat. My goodness. I know I keep saying that, but like, I truly mean that. I'm like, it took me a couple of days to be like, how are we going to break this up? Yeah. Um, Right. No, like honestly, like like even then, because like I'm I'm going through notes and stuff, because like I had to take notes, like because it's just it's yeah. just a lot. So, um, yeah. Like and even then, I was like, okay, like not necessarily what order are we gonna do this, but like you know, like how am I gonna break down? Like you know what, 
just going to go with the flow. I'm going to write down as much notes as I think is necessary <laughs> and we'll just yeah. go from there. But again, it's such a big book, but, uh, Oh, it's such a big, but book. yes, but the, yeah. Ne- the, yeah, the next, the next characters that we meet are night owl, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, uh, right underneath Mr. Dr. Manhattan is my favorite is night owl. I love him. He's such a genuine guy who just wants to live a normal life, but he loves being of service to the people and he's the second night owl. And the first night owl, owl is Mr. Mason. And I love that he still visits the old man, the old night yeah, owl. Uh, he, uh, you know? Mason. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's like, like, I too would want to grab a beer with that guy. Like, <laughs> just your typical, <laughs> he's got some like, stories. Oh, I'm just a auto repair shop owner now. I don't do <laughs> yeah. any of that anymore. That's for you young kids. And even uh, uh, Daniel uh, Dryberg is, is uh, the second night owl's... Uh, uh, real name he, uh, he he's even like well i'm getting older too which i didn't realize yeah. until reading this uh later so like so yeah so sally's like in her like you know in her, in her 30s almost almost mid 30s and uh mm-hmm. uh dryberg here is in his 40s and dr manhattan i said he's literally like 56 years old so i didn't realize yeah. how old these these people were i i'm going to assume rorschach is like in his 40s also but yeah, I yeah. didn't realize how, how you know old, older these these uh, these characters were, and I guess and I guess that makes sense if they've been doing the superheroing thing for like about what like maybe like what was it ten about ten years or so. Yeah, that's what that's what Silk Spectre or Lori uh, Jupiter says at one point. She's like, I've been doing this. She's I think she's been doing it since she was twenty, and she's thirty five at that point or something like that. But she, they, like they were forced into retirement, so like. They're okay, so like they're saving the world and everything's great and dandy and kind of awesome. Um, but then they're kind of they're forced into retirement, which makes them really sad. And they're like they have to come to a sudden halt. So they're kind of we're we're learning about the repercussions of this immense fame, you know, and what they think is going to be the rest of their life. And then everybody just kind of forgets them in the way. But then. There's a layer of the Minutemen and the crime busters, you know, and the comedian is is woven throughout this whole thing. So they go, I mean, they fought in Vietnam and they won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's what kind of changes the history. So it just it makes me wonder, too, that if in real life, if he if we had won Vietnam, would would Nixon have actually stayed as president? Because it is Nixon that is still president. He the, the Watergate scandal didn't really happen that or or if it was still going on at that time it, it wasn't it wasn't fleshed out that that wasn't important enough because Nix, nixon won the war you know because it's it's never right. the, it's never the soldiers that won it which you know it's kind of funny because you know comedian <laughs> himself was a soul he was literally a soldier in vietnam and even though right. dr manhattan's a super being he too he was a weapon for for yes. america to to completely like you know annihilate you know not annihilate vietnam but like basically like just turn turn the tides of of this war because yeah because we we had lost it and we lost a lot of soldiers and i'll digress that we kind of lost soldiers for nothing but that's a whole nother discussion but you know but in this book yeah because they had that extra edge they were able to uh beat uh beat vietnam in this war and so that kept, mm-hmm. you know, when you win wars, you typically stay in power because people feel comfortable and like, all right, he won us a war and like knocked down one of our enemies and we don't have to worry about them for a good while. He can stay. Right. Which which right. I think is kind of 
poor, but you know, I digress. <laughs> no, 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 totally. And forgive us listeners. We are not historians. We're doing, yeah, you know, yeah. we're just trying to pick apart. And these polit- the pol- this is when the politics part comes, becomes part of it. Excuse me. Because Nixon won, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. Nixon won <laughs> Vietnam. Um, he wants to do a third term, which you guys are like, wait a minute, Tash, there can't be a third term for a president. Well, there is in the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he's advocating for one. And so, and then throughout we see like these newspaper um, titles, like the Russians invade Afghanistan, um, you know, and Afghanistan, you know, all these things that are, are relatable to what has actually happened in American history but with a little bit of a spin because they have the Watchmen and the Watchmen are very much a part of it. And like Andrew said here, Dr. Manhattan, he basically wins the Vietnam War. And there's this moment at uh, at a bar in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Do you want to tell the story, oh, my friend? Sure. Yeah. So please, please so go the for battle, it. So the battle is over. They're they're in this bar and they're chilling. And you know you have the have the comedian. You know just just re- just reveling in the fact. And, and I I wouldn't say that he's necessarily like super excited. Like he's just he's proud of the work that he's done. But he just mm-hmm. is just like yeah, I fought a war and I won it. You know. And then so was that mean? No, yeah. exactly. And so, so then you have this uh, this this uh, villager woman that comes in and basically goes up to Edward Blake here and it's like, "I'm carrying your child, and yeah. And so what are we gonna do about it now that the war is over?" And he's just like, "I could give a shit less. Like you can go do whatever the hell you want, but I'm leaving." And and just this this. Uh, you know conflict ensues or whatever and then uh, this is where damn he so he pulls out his gun Mm -hmm. you know and then she breaks a bottle and cuts his face or i should Mm -hmm. say so reverse that gets his face cut then pulls out his gun debating whether he's gonna do it and dr manhattan is there he's like like edward don't don't do this and just caps her kills her and and obviously mm-hmm. you know, the child child is dead you know i'm sure i'm sure right. there's a science about it where you know if they really wanted to they could have probably saved the child but i don't know we don't know how far into the pregnancy it was but um sure. but yeah no it just yeah that happens and you know you got dr manhattan there this all-powerful being and, and while what the comedian did was absolutely like just fucked up like he makes a good point. Again, it's going back to, I want to kick your ass so bad, but you're right. I can't kick your ass for it. Dr. Manhattan, like you didn't have to kill her. And to which he throws it back at him. was like, well, you could have like turned my bullets into like, yeah. you know, like <sighs> bubbles or some shit. Like he does, he yeah. says different uh, adjectives or whatever, or, or nouns. But um, yeah, he's like, you could have done something about it. Look at you. You're like a super freaking human being but you did nothing yeah and because he knows he knew that you know dr manhattan was getting detached like he was it, it was a process that was already happening for him but the, the the fact that you know he he is in this process of not really like necessarily caring about lives because everything is just the same to him like you know the comedian brought you know essentially brought that up in like less than like two sentences you know and and it's just like ah man you you got a point you know yeah and yeah and it shows like 
is this the pr- and I'm obviously not a soldier, you know, hearts out to everyone that is that's listening. Love you guys. Absolutely. Um but like to be part of war does that desensitize you to the human life? I don't I don't know. I'm just bringing that up, but it's like is that part of Dr. Manhattan's, you know, process? The reason why he is so detached is because he just literally there's a moment and it's this beautiful panel um, and I say beautiful in the fact that he's like this grand, uh, probably skyscraper tall creature walking through Vietnam, just this big blue guy with these helicopters behind him, I believe. And he's just like pointing at people and obliterating them. And they're just, they just turn into splats of blood and guts. Mm-hmm. Not like they're not even gunned down. They're just like, just splats. So, oh my God. you know, like, even in the movie, like. You see their skeleton yeah. and then splat. Like, I'm just like, oh, my yeah. God, this is gnarly. <laughs> uh, uh, to say the to least, say the gnarly. That's gnarly, dude. It's me. I'm back, guys. <laughs> What's up, guys? I got some pizza. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, and that's the thing. Like, this comic, like, it's so heavy. Mm-hmm. And we're not even halfway through. Not it's even. like, holy. See what I mean by, like, issue three? You're like, I'm out of breath, man. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, let me let me just get a let me get a sip of water. Let me get. Uh. <laughs> Andrew, are you there? You still there, uh, bud? Uh, yeah, I, think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, I want to talk about also the the crime buster meeting. Mm. So um, when there's that there's um, and I did not write down his name. Forgive me. I think it's like Captain Metropolis. He's um, um. showing this map of what they could possibly do. He's like. Welcome to the crime buster meeting. We're going to, you know, we're going to abolish all of these things that are happening in America. And this is the part where the comedian, again, he's interwoven. He comes in and he's like, what do you mean we're going to abolish crime? There's some heinous things happening here. Do you think that we're going to be the ones to like, do you think that we're seriously us are going to be the ones to do it? And he like burns the map Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, oh, man, the comedian may be right. And they also walk out. So, like, there is little to no hope for like any of these things Well, and the thing that i love about this book too uh and, and there could have been earlier works so but i'm gonna say that this book is one of those comic books that breaks the superhero tropes and right and it's like again comedian has a point like you think you us costumed idiots are gonna be able to like you know literally save the world like and that's the thing too like think about it like you know if if you're a batman type character that doesn't have real big abilities you know how are you going to save the world and of course there are stories about it but like the general idea is that masked vigilantes or those masked heroes need some kind of edge and the fact that dr manhattan is the only one that has the ability to maybe change the course of of essentially history or, or whatever, you know, he, he's the only one that could essentially do it. And that's, and that's his whole deal. It, it, and, and with a, and yeah. a comedian too, he's just like, yeah, bro. Like I, I just shoot people like <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to keep doing what I do because I love it, but you know, you guys are on your own. And he just, he just points that out. And that particular moment uh, gets the attention of Adrian Vite who is known as Ozzy Mandias. Ooh, let's talk about him. Oh, yes. So he's a big deal mm-hmm. here. Huge deal. Yeah. He 
Like he he is quite interesting. Like I I remember back when I uh, first read it, I wasn't like too into his character, but now but being older and like rereading it, I'm like I I get where he's coming from. Like I I I kind of I kind of appreciate him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, as as mm-hmm. I'm older because he is he's quite interesting too. Because like he yeah. he comes from. Not, he comes so he comes from a rich family and I and I'm gonna say that he like comes from nothing because his his parents are just like oh well we're rich and he, and Adrian is just I'm smart I'm smarter than my parents and I want to freaking do something with it because he even admits that like yeah I could I could easily like live the life of comfort but I want to do something more something grand and I think that this meaning kind of solidifies that for him because yeah he did the whole like crime fighting thing as well but i think that's what ultimately pushes him for, through through the rest of time and and throughout the rest of this yeah. book too yeah and he he is essentially a hero that has sold himself out mm-hmm. uh, and he creates like fig like action figures and he creates like uh tv shows <laughs> and love, you know i love when rorschach points out that he's like yeah, your diet books and your action figures and stuff, like, listing it off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why he's a millionaire is because he's basically taken his hero persona. And imagine, like, Superman retires and he's like, I'm just going to make a bunch of action figures and comics and, you know what I mean? Like, he just kind of... And nobody's done that except for him. If anything, he is soaking up this life of of the superhero, Mm. um, which is just, like... I, Ugh, I, this guy. I would like to say, so you think. The, the, so you it think. It starts off and it looks that way, absolutely. But, oh man, as, as the story gets deeper. Oh, it gets it gets so deep. Oh my gosh. Um, one thing that I want to touch on that keeps interweaving itself into the comic, which is this comic within the comic. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, like, as a reader, to, a first-time reader to this Watchmen comic, like, I didn't really pay attention to it because there was so much else going on. Mm-hmm. I, I, right? I am, you know, guilty of the same crime. And, and when I first read the book, like I didn't understand the meaning behind this little book within a book thing. And I'm like, okay, I don't really care about the pirate stuff. I want to get more into like the superhero stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, but and, and, the, and when I did get into this book, like I thought I was like, oh, it's just like, it's like an adult superhero book. I feel so adult reading this book. And, but, yeah. and that's essentially what the, what this book is. But then, but that little story, the Tales of the Black Freighter. So that's the name of the series in in Watchmen and the story that we're uh, being told from this book is called Marooned. And it's about mm-hmm. this, uh, this uh, sailor who get you know, he gets sh- uh, shipwrecked, like his ship's attacked and he's uh, struggling to, to get back home so he can warn his, his town that this black freighter is coming to, to basically destroy the town. And, mm-hmm. and and we have learned and, and in just doing research that it interwovens into the story because it has a lot to do with what's actually going on in Watchmen, you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um, and, and, and actually and it also says that it kind of relates to Adrian Bite just a little bit more. Like it does address like things that are that are going on whenever they mention it in the book, but it pertains more to to, to Adrian. You know, to yeah. fight during during uh, the story. 
Yeah, and in this comic, there's there's a kid that's literally sitting by a newsstand, and we meet him every so often. I'd say every other issue, if not every issue, sometimes in very a row. Very scattered. And he's <laughs> very yes, exactly. There's no real pattern. It's just kind of scattered about this comic, and it's like literally he's reading a comic within a comic, and it's about this guy who's going on like he's a pirate, and he's kind of going on these adventures. And I know there's a literal, and somebody's yelling at me in their car right now, like. It's this, but I, I like as a first time reader, like I did not need that. I was like, ah, I, but I want to get back to the other story. Exactly, you know, like the, yeah. the other story is still so right. The other story is just so, so freaking heavy. So, so it's oh my gosh, it's just like this comic is it, it could go many directions, and depending on how many times you read it or where you come from in any walk of life, you could interpret it a different way. Absolutely, you yeah. know. And, and I, like, for me, and maybe it's different for you, Andrew, but, like, I approached it as, okay, this is the life of a bunch of superheroes who once uh, took over a town. You know, they, they, they superheroed their way through a, a city, a country, a war, um, and they've kind of, they, they are very individually and I say this very lovingly, like messed up mentally mm-hmm. because of all of the things that have. And I say that with all the love of in the course. world, um, like, you know, there, there, there are things that uh, traumatize them that they carry with them very heavily. And they are very heavy, oh, yeah. heavy people, mm-hmm. you Absolutely. know, Absolutely. like and and again, like it gets into like the the, the superhero tropes like, let, let you know, like Watchmen, like he he had a very rough you know as a lot of superheroes do again that's such a trope yeah. that they come from this hard like traumatic upbringing but they want to do good in in the world so you have the typical masked crime fighter right the 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 very right. like bra- brawly type of hero which is which is rorschach and mm-hmm. and even with this act he's still doing his thing because this takes place in 1985 and the act was passed in 1977 rorschach was like eh, fuck that i'm still gonna keep fighting criminals because they're a-holes you know to the yeah. point where like he he kills he had killed people over during his time because of because of a traumatic event that's revealed later in in the book and again like it doesn't justify it but that's just that's just who he is the very like batman-esque like i've had a traumatic you know childhood type thing so i'm gonna take it out on the world and i'll do some good while i do it and then you have someone like night owl the like inventor the tech the techie hero that like i want to build this super suit and like i want to do good and he and he's genuine it's not it's not anything out of ego it's just that's just how he knows how to do he he also too had come from money and he's like that's my dad died and this is what i spent my money on and then you have dr manhattan the as they call him referred to as the superman is real you know he is super he is the the superman in this uh universe you know, so he mm-hmm. so you, he has all the powers in the world, and he's just like, how many times do I have to keep using my powers to like try to stop conflicts? And the same shit just happens over and over again. And I'm sure yeah. even like, you know, Clark Kent, Superman. I'm sure there's works out there, or even like fanfic or whatever that portray him as like, I am just so done. I lift up buildings that you know keep getting destroyed. I I save people from these accidents these same criminals keep escaping blah 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 like whatever Mm -hmm. those kinds of you know scenarios are he's just so done with it and then you have you know Ozymandias where he you know and and I'm probably saying it wrong so I I apologize no no you're all good Um, he you know 
he's he's super intelligent, super smart. Perhaps mm-hmm. for his you know for his own good, and I think it's for his own good as we dive more in. Again, like <laughs> honestly, it's like an ocean. You're going like deeper and deeper and deeper with this book, and then to to end it with uh, Lori Jupiter. The, the over-sexualized, you know, super heroine. And that's, and even her mom, Sally Jupiter, like, you know, as this pin-up, like, you know, porno idol to, to, you know, fans or whatever. The overly sexualized super heroine that's pretty much there for show, even though Lori actually does train and she does beat up guys. Not that Sally didn't, but Lori a, a little bit mm-hmm. more. You know, yeah, she's her own person separate from her mom, and I think that's what she struggles with her whole and, life. Yeah, and then that's the thing. And so we get these tropes and we get these characteristics, but they're presented in such a you know new like a breath of fresh air and for during during the time that this book came out. So it's it's very yeah. it's just quite quite interesting and, and and even like to this day you could still pick up the book and like you know because I'm pretty sure that's what will get people to not really want to read comics either. It's like, oh, you know, boring superhero does this or whatever. But they're just they're just so deep. It's just, ah, oh, such goodness. It's so juicy. <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. It totally is. And every time you take a bite of this apple, you get another, like, flavor of juice. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't. I'm sure if you read, if I read it again, I'm going to be like, oh, I didn't see that before. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's like, it's, it's a great comic. It's great. It's like. It, it rattles you a little mm. bit and the history of it and, and what it really goes into. It's like, it's so deep and just like, I love how Rorschach is, like I keep saying, he's just, he's the narrator out of this. He kind of reminds us like where we are and what the reality is as much as he, I think he loved comedian because the comedian, because he very much related to him because the comedian was so true about what's actually happening in life. And Rorschach's kind of like, yeah, cause this is what's happening in life. He doesn't want to bullshit life. He wants it to be like what it is. And that especially shows like at the end when they figure out what Ozzy Mandez Diaz is, um, uh, Vite, what his his plan is. He's very much the guy that's like, well, I'm gonna go tell the world the real story. And they're like, no, you're not. And yeah, and with that, so spoiler alert. Um, oh my gosh, come on! It came out in 1986, uh, guys, guys. Uh, <laughs> internet culture, you know how that is. <laughs> yes, um, and the movie too. I mean, if you can go see the movie, right? Yeah, but you know, apparently, you know, it's still a crime. <laughs> but um, yes, but, it's but true. yeah, so this. So because of that Crime Busters meeting and the Crime Busters did not come to fruition, um, mm-hmm. Ozzy Mendez comes up with this elaborate freaking plan to solve mm-hmm. the problem that the comedian had brought up. Mm-hmm. Ah, so where do yes. we start? So you have Ro- where do we so, start? <laughs> so you have Rorschach investigating everything. The comedian is dead. He's he's going from hero to hero. Be like, hey, by the way, this is happening. And he does go to Adrian Vite and let him know that, mm-hmm. like, hey, buddy, like I know you're comfortable in your tower here, but there's a there's a mass killer out there, as he likes it likes to call it. So you may want to mm-hmm. keep an eye out or potentially do something about it. But I'm gonna keep investigating and seeing what's going on. And so Mm -hmm. that intertwines. So one of the people that uh, Rorschach does investigate is one of their old enemies named Edgar William Jacoby, who is known as Moloch. And Mm -hmm. he thinks that, and a lot of the time, uh, Rorschach thinks that it's him that is the mass killer or at least hired people to, 
you know, to, to, to kill these, uh, to kill them all, essentially. And so that that's a big thing. And then, you know, all this mysterious stuff, you know, happens a bit and Moloch is killed. He gets a bullet in the mm-hmm. head. He's sitting there. Rorschach comes in trying to interrogate him again. I think it's like the third time he tries to, like, get something out of him. And he is set up. Rorschach is mm-hmm. framed for his murder. Mm-hmm. And he is arrested and he puts to jail. And he tries to fight his way out. And so Rorschach is in jail. And so that all becomes part of Ozymandias' plan. So his whole mm-hmm. thing is that... He wants to end essentially the Cold War conflict because also during this time, America, Russia, in fact, with Russia invading Afghanistan, apparently um, uh, to coincide with history in the book, it happened six weeks earlier than it does in real life history. So you have the Mm. Russians invading Afghanistan and they're getting ready to take over Alaska and everything. So you have all that going on. So it's literally on the verge of of world war three and they bring it up in mm-hmm. that book. So to prevent that, he comes up with a way to basically, uni- you know, unify the entire world together against a common enemy. So mm-hmm. he gets Dr. Manhattan to disappear from literally from the face of the earth. And it's he, and he's in this interview where he's being accused of, giving his for, his former lover, his friend, like another, or, you know, Molech, who was his, Dr. Manhattan's enemy as well, basically mm-hmm. accused of giving them cancer due to the kind of being that he is and what he's made from. To the point, and he mm-hmm. just gets so overwhelmed with everything, and that causes him to just disappear, and he literally goes to Mars to, to basically get away from, from everyone. And so that's how he gets rid of Dr. Manhattan. His goal is to make sure he has no one standing in the way of of his plan. So he gets rid Mm -hmm. of Dr. Manhattan. And then you have Rorschach who is doing the investigation. He's the one that actually set up Rorschach to to getting arrested. And to the point where he thought the Rorschach was going to get killed by by the criminals that Rorschach had put away, you know, all these years ago. So that takes care of that scenario. And then you have... Silk Spectre and and Night Owl, who you know romantically like get involved, kind of kind of funny funny enough, you know, after Doctor Manhattan disappears, and they kind of, you know, get back into like doing the superheroing thing again, and they come up and start asking questions and everything about it. So yeah, and so the ultimate plan is that he hires scientists and artists. And see, so this is where there's going to be a difference in from the, the book and the movie. So mm-hmm. before I describe the book and the movie, his plan is to have Dr. Manhattan be the reason why New York blows up into smithereens. And right. Dr. Manhattan, it's the same reason. It's like, all right, yeah, we really needed to unite the world because it was either nuclear bombs or it was me. So I will accept mm-hmm. responsibility since I did technically fuck off to Mars and like, you know, said I really didn't care about Earth anymore. So I will take that blame, you know. And so that and so they, they all agree with that in this one. And I think and it kind of sounds <laughs> cheesy, which is why I think uh, David Hayter had changed this. He hires artists and scientists to make this genetically modified giant squid to make it look like a kind yeah. of like alien thing. 
<laughs> and yeah. and I didn't really pay attention to this detail until I read the book again. Um, they had apparently gotten the brain of a dead psychic, and they cloned oh. that brain apparently and put it into this giant squid. And he and the plan was to teleport this thing to New York to have it let out this psychic charge, which causes the same uh, nuclear like explosion that could have been caused by Dr. Manhattan. And so, mm-hmm. and, and so they think it's, him. and so yeah. they think it's him. And also like the, the fact of, for, for the teleportation technology, they, it's based off of Dr. Manhattan himself. So they kind of mm-hmm. take that idea. Mm-hmm. And because, because he's such a super being and not everyone else is Adrian Veidt took that into consideration and is like, okay, well, this creature is going to die. So whatever. So he just has it teleport there and literally blows up most of New York City. And to to cover his tracks, he kills everyone involved. Everyone from the scientists Mm -hmm. and artists, which throughout this book, they mentioned like, oh, yeah, this author like disappeared. He hasn't been seen for like two years or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Veidt just like just covers everything, covers his tracks this whole time. And even to the point where during Rorschach's investigation to kind of take the heat off of him, he hires an assassin to come after him to to pretend <laughs> to, that that he's being targeted too. So that puts Rorschach at ease because Rorschach's not stupid. Like he, because right. he was suspecting everyone left and right. He was like, "Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? I'm gonna get my evidence, mm-hmm. but I don't trust any of you right now because you guys break some fingers." Because yeah, like because he, <laughs> he always stuck to his guns. And he doesn't trust anyone that doesn't really stick to their guns. Maybe uh, Daniel Dryberg is like the only other one because they work together as crime fighting partners. But everyone else, he's like, nah, I mean, I worked with you, but I don't trust you. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so it's just and it's just so crazy that that uh, Vite literally like made sure like every other track was like covered and you would think that at mm-hmm. the point to where Rorschach and Night Owl get to him or Dr. Manhattan and and Sally Jupiter like get to him his secret ant headquarters in Antarctica that like yeah we're here we're gonna stop him and he's Adrian Vice just like well jokes on you guys I already did this shit like a half hour before you guys even figured out that it was yeah. me behind this the whole time like he took everything mm-hmm. into consideration like he had a plan for his plans and those plans had plans and if those plans failed well shit then we'll go back to those plans and then those (laughs) plans also had plans like he he prepped for almost everything possible yeah and 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 the takeaway with him is he's like oh well he's the bad guy he killed so many fucking people and then that is absolutely true on a moral on moral grounds it is potentially one of the most fucked up things that you, you can do, like whether you have the abilities to do it or, or, you know, whatever. But in this universe, it really takes that argument of let thousands die to save millions because it's either sure. everyone, it's either the entire world gets annihilated from nukes due to the, the, the building, you know, uh, tension between you know specifically America and the Russians let them all just release nuclear missiles and kill the world or destroy a city 
and unify everyone together. So essentially, mm-hmm. he does his job. And so that comes into the argument that, like, if we were living in that world, are mm-hmm. those the actions that we would take to be able to help save our world? And would you be considered a superhero after the fact? Right, right. And the world is just kind of beautifully did applause. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> very good. That was a great, that was a great explanation <laughs> of the ending here. Um, I wasn't quite sure how to round it out, but it's like you can't hit everything. In here. Seriously, there's so many things happening. like there's even things oh that God. I know that that like I missed that we could talk about for like two seconds or two more hours, you know, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely a lot that that's definitely like the the, the big the big bite of this fucking 10 course on or 12 course i should say since it's 12 issues um <laughs> yes. and so and to going back to the black freighter when we uh, uh, you know we had mentioned that it kind of pertains the, the comic within yeah, a comic uh, that yeah. it pertains to mostly adrian veidt's uh journey throughout this whole thing and that this little comic within a comic ends where the um the the sailor gets back to land to where to where he's supposed to go and mm-hmm. because of what he had to endure to get there, like by and using like dead bodies to like get him back home, you know, mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. kills he kills a couple of people. He rides into town and he's just so deranged and mad that he just kills, you know, his he kills his wife in in that little book, mm-hmm. and to and then it ends where he climbs up onto the black freighter and like takes his destiny, being that. That big thing that's like, all right, everything is doom and gloom, but what poison am I going to pick? Am I going to sit here and let the world be destroyed or am I going to just embrace it and make a decision from there? And and, that, and that's kind of my right. takeaway from it. There's a deeper philosophy and, de- and much, much more, you know, that goes into it. But that's kind of like a, a little bit of a summarization and my takeaway from it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like at the end, what they're trying to do, and I, I and everybody kind of has their own take on this. And when I say everybody, I mean all the characters in the book about how Ozymandias, like how he executed this, and was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? But it also provides so much relief for all of these characters. They're like, thank God somebody figured it out. Because this world that they're in is truly it's fucked up. Trash. Like it's It is like almost literal garbage like from how how the panels yes. are drawn and everything like just from the the the, the colors and everything which i really mm-hmm. love like the i you know that the, there are certain artists and, and writers that worked really well together and specifically for this book that definitely like went really well like and, and especially like the the colored like palettes the tones and especially like you have dr man that's just so bright blue to, and that contrasted yeah. from like this doom and gloom world, which is the Watchmen universe. And going back a little bit, forgot to mention, com- uh, the comedian is killed by Adrian Vite. That's another one of the things he does. Right. So because as as over time from going from a costumed hero, uh, Edward Blake becomes basically a government agent. So he's excluded as, as well as Dr. Manhattan from the laws mm-hmm. of the Keen Act. And so he mm-hmm. discovers Adrian Veidt's plan and he just absolutely flips the hell out and mm-hmm. goes to Moloch's event like drunk drunkenly about like what's going like the world is just so crazy. Like I knew the world was a joke, but this this is just hilarious and not literal hilarity, <laughs> but just just 
like it's all a big effing joke you know and and because he knew that was one of the things that adrian veidt had to had to cover and you know what like he he even admitted that like i didn't really want to i didn't want any of you involved but like you got involved i had to do whatever i needed to do yeah he had to make sacrifices even if it was his own friends exactly and it's just again like it's just it's so good but it's just so so much a lot like it's just a lot it's it's yeah it's heavy it's like each one of these characters is so varyingly different and all they're doing is reacting to their environment based on what they know of the world which is pretty fucked up um and it's it's i think that like in my personal opinion like if he has to sacrifice for this world peace to happen I guess so be it. I mean, some people may disagree, like, no, let it be doom and gloom. But, like, it's really bad. And even in the end, Rorschach is, like, still, like, okay, so Night Owl, he feeds off of being of service to people, whereas Rorschach feeds off of this doom and gloom of the world. He, like, he likes to see the truth of the world for what it really is, and he likes to reveal, even though he lives under a mask, he really does like to reveal what the world truly is. So he goes out into the snow, and he's like, I'm gonna go tell the world, you know, y'all can go away. And Dr. Manhattan's like, uh, no, you won't. And he, he splatters him to pieces so that he doesn't, which is so yeah. sad because he's the narrator. He's the protagonist of, of this book, essentially, yeah. by definition. No, yeah. Right. Like, it was just, oh my God. I remember watching, watching the movie. Cause like, it just, I loved Rorschach so much and I just was not expecting it to end that way. Like I, I like I teared up. I'm like, oh man, yeah, dude. It's our dude. Like, <laughs> and, and the one thing like that, because I, you know, being an uh, an actor, <laughs> you know, yeah, also, you know, you like to mm-hmm. dive into the emotions and everything, and like in the stuff that I get into, I love to get into the emotions of everything. The one thing that yeah. the the book uh, doesn't have that I liked in the movie was that Night Owl was present when that happened to Rorschach, like when Rorschach yeah. was killed, and that gave you that emotional, like, oh man, like not only are we experiencing Rorschach's death, but practically his best friend like was there and like saw what had happened you know yeah and so sad and and the thing and i just and i respect rorschach and love rorschach in that sense that like despite that like in this world if i were truly in that world and i had seen all this go down is that the direction that i would have went into you know say that like yeah you have to pick the lesser of the two evils i would i i'll be honest and say that i would i would love to be the cool guy and be like no i would stick to my guns i would want i'd want to rat out these assholes because that is what they are you know but to 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 keep the peace in this world and the fact that it already had happened and again you're in a world of masked crime fighters you're not in a world of superheroes they're just heroes right. you know so it's like i res- you know i love and respect rorschach but it's like hey bud what are you gonna do like you know mm-hmm. you can't really punch your way out of everything i mean for for f's sake he that's exactly what happened to him that's what got him in jail he was fighting police officers and like he got the shit kicked out of him for it you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly it's like 
which side are you on? It's like, you, yeah, you could be on the side that it's like, oh, yeah, no, we need to get to the bottom of this and get the truth. Or do we just go on the side of, hey, let's just put a veil over the world and make them think that aliens are invading mm-hmm. us and just realize that we're not pitted against each other. And then there's like this world peace. But then, oh, and then there's also this piece at the end, which I brought up at the beginning, which is Rorschach's, Rorschach's journal, journal, which we never get. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. That was actually very good. Um, so he writes this journal throughout telling the story and like, you know, what's happening. And before Rorschach and Night Owl go on to find Ozymandias in Antarctica to uh, unveil his plan, basically, which Andrew beautifully told us here, um, he sends his journal in the mail to a newspaper before they go on this journey. So essentially, they're all going to find out what really happened, even though Rorschach has died, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Or will, or will they? Or will they interpret it as oh such? We don't no, we know. Don't. Well, almost technically, but this is a whole another like podcast. You know, you have the Watchmen show, which I will not dive into. I, in fact, I have two more episodes to finish anyway. But you <laughs> definitely see like the consequences of of this book in that show. And if you haven't checked it out already, Ooh. do yourself a favor and go watch it. And that goes and that goes for you too, Tess, if you have not watched it. Yeah. Like if you like enjoyed this journey of, of of what is Watchmen, you will definitely enjoy the show. I I thoroughly enjoyed what I've watched so far. Like I said, I got two more episodes and then we can do all the discussion. <laughs> but I will not spoil <laughs> anything, but you will definitely see the the after effects of the events of this book in that show. Ooh, see, now that I know this book very well now, I am very interested because I did start it and I was like, I don't know which mm-hmm. way's up. What's happening? Yeah. And <laughs> it's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you don't if you don't know this comic anyway, yeah, it could be confusing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And even then, like it, it, you're going to need a couple of read throughs to like really, truly understand this book, too. Like if, if that's mm-hmm. like your goal in life and it was my goal in life and I did it. For the most part, there's some things here and there that, you know, I'm, you know, still trying to come and grab. And, but that's that's just me as as a writer. Like, I always like to learn from the things that I read or that I watch and everything and pertain it to my own works sure. and everything. So, so that so that that's like the inner writer nerd in me. that's like, well, if you if you take a look at this metaphor and if you put this together, like, <laughs> but uh, to kind of sidetrack a little bit, like that's speaking of my impression of, of Rorschach, I had um. I was uh, attending um, a uh, class, an acting class, uh, when I when I uh-huh. was when I was in college, and um, I didn't really pay attention because I kind of felt overwhelmed with like the college. And I think it was like my first year in college, yeah, because it was two thousand nine, so the movie had been out already. And I was I was a Watchmen like fanatic, and I was like getting it. That's when I was really truly getting into comic books, and um, yeah. I didn't pay attention that we had to pick up from a list of things. To, to to act in like pick a scene from i didn't get that memo i worked with the, with this uh, uh with this other person and uh i had picked a scene from watchmen i picked the scene where warshak and um go, goes into uh daniel's house and that's when you first see their interactions mm-hmm. so we did that scene and whatever oh my goodness and <laughs> i laughed because the teacher was really upset because she didn't realize what I did. So she, and she had told me like the class before, you know, that I was supposed to perform this thing. She's like, 
you didn't pick anything from the from the list. I'm like, oh my god, there was a list? Like, I genuinely didn't. No, I didn't do it because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do Death of, of the Salesman. I don't want to do blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't, it's not that I did on yeah. purpose. I legit just didn't know. I was just overwhelmed. And There's a list? And, yeah. and so it's like, okay, well, however this performance turns out, you're going to get a grade less than, you know, what whatever you would have gotten because you didn't really follow the assignment. So she let us perform the scene. And this is how I had the mask and I and I had everything and I and I was Rorschach. The other guy was uh was uh, Night Owl and I had done like the voice thing too and I it was it was just I had fun. I loved doing it. And <laughs> yeah. And the teacher she didn't want to admit it. But she liked it. She loved oh. it. Okay. So instead of getting mm. an A, I got a B because again, a grade lower, but she's like, you have the talent. I don't like the material you picked, but that was actually really good because I literally <laughs> took the scene from the movie in the book and I applied it to, to the stage. And I was surprised that I was able to do that. I'm like, Oh, this, this actually turned out really well. Like we had like props and stuff and everything. So we, we made it look like it was underneath the, uh, uh, night owls like basement where he keeps the stuff so it was oh, it was nice. really it was really cool I was, I was quite proud of myself and and you know i'm i'm, I'm not i'm in doing wrong I, I i try to be humble and i'm not one to put myself on a pedestal but everyone was like dude that was like really really good like that was amazing and blah 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 and i just <laughs> it felt really good so i was proud of that performance my grades weren't proud but you know what i i was proud of that but that's how much <laughs> love i have for this book wow. and for this material and and the fact that it like skyrocketed me into being like a comic book fan and like rejuvenating my love of superheroes and and the fact that it, oh. you don't have to tell an a b and c story you can have a right. a.5 a.51 and yeah. just <laughs> and just get so deep and just awesome with material cuz at the time I just I just wanted to be an actor but then I got more into the voiceover stuff and 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 writing too writing i had done in in high school but it was just like i did writing because i had detention and i didn't want to do homework <laughs> so that was a happy accident <laughs> but um honestly like it just like this this book i feel like is, is it, it will always be a part of me and it's definitely made me into the the entertainer and the and the you know creator that I am now and that I want to be in the future. It's just, you know, and, 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 and this book, and it could be like, well, everyone says it's a great book. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand. This <laughs> is a great book. It's an amazing book. It's got, yeah. there's a lot of things that get overhyped, but this book, it, it deserves its hype for the movie. You can make your arguments there as, as, as a, you know, consumer of cinema, but as a book, as a comic book, masterpiece this is literally the definition of a masterpiece it covers everything it, it, it has that open ending which <laughs> is funny because alan moore kind of i feel like he kind of likes to do that so we don't know if the newspaper uh people at the end decide to run rorschach's journal in the newspapers we don't know right. you know so other than that mm. little bit you know it covers everything it's a solid yeah. story you don't need to if you want to go into extra material i know years later they came out with a series called uh before watchmen which i have not read yet oh. um i just didn't get around to reading that and there is actually a sequel series that's out from dc comics it's called doomsday clock which the dc yes. universe and the watchmen universe meet which 
I need to get my hands on that because mm. I'm definitely really, really curious about that. But other than that, this story, it's it's one complete story. So you won't have too many questions except philosophical questions, I feel. <laughs> yes. No, exactly. It's just, it, yeah, exactly. It's it's a story within a story, and then it takes a, a left turn and goes down to hell for a little bit, and then you come back up, and you think you're breathing, and then you get more story, and you're like, I, you never get confused, but you're definitely like, whoa, what would I do in that situation? Where would I be in that, yeah, you know? Well it's, like, well, it's also this, like, big jigsaw puzzle, so I wouldn't say it's more of, like, yes. confusion as much as it's... Uh... You know, like you're just trying to piece everything because you're given this big, big old piece. And then you get these small little pieces that fit right next to this big piece. But then you're given this whole other thing. and You're like, whoa, wait a minute. How does like it all does connect like it, it gives you a good amount at, at, at like one issue at a time, I feel. And it's enough for right. you to, again, like take a breather and like, OK, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> Yeah, yes. And if you want to take a comic book journey, and this may, I, I don't suggest it be one of your first five comics, because it's, or maybe it will be, maybe it should be. And so you can see, like Andrew here, can, like, because it was one of your first ones, it actually got you to love comics even more, because you're like, wow, this bends what the possibility of comics can even fathomably become and and that was the, one of the sole parts of your journey I'm, and i'm so grateful that you're here to share this story I, I i mean i knew this was very special to you but i didn't realize it was like like your gateway into comics essentially right oh yeah no and i i've always you know i i'm i'm a huge stan lee fan like i i loved him too and like just his enthusiasm yeah. and everything and, and you know obviously it's a little more lighthearted there are deep stuff that comes within marvel comics but just this book here that's like because honestly and even just like like and not to get too political but i'll just make a comment and just say sure. that like you know especially with like how the world is now currently with everything and how just depressing as hell that things can be mm. and that's what but that's why you have comic books and stuff and that's why you have art yeah. and everything to be able to let that out to to you know to, to to kind of distract you a bit or hell or even to get like a better understanding of the things that are around you because this book came out in 85 and while this per, or i'm sorry 87 the story takes place in 85 and while Mm -hmm. You know, this, it's during the Cold War, but, you know, the whole thing of history tends to repeat itself, and boy, does it. We're experiencing <sighs> it now, and it's just so crazy to yeah. go back into a book like that. It's like, oh, you know, Nixon is like, you know, I won't say he's directly like Trump, but like, you can probably pick apart whoever and, 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 and click it all mm. together and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just so, yeah. it's just, it's just so crazy. That's why comics are amazing to me because yeah, while TV shows and stuff, yes, when done right, you can absolutely get like those bigger messages, but there's just something about the superhero journey and the superheroes, yeah. whether powered or not, that you just, they just present a lot more to the table. Like, yeah because oh, absolutely yeah like i said comic books like i weren't really a thing when i was younger it was just tv shows honestly it was like mm -hmm. you know yeah they started becoming uh, very popular as movies and stuff no like exactly that, right? and, and tv yeah, shows did, so, yeah because you were born what in 90 90 
92. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was born in 90 as well. Yeah. So we've been, huh. we're like right smack dab in the middle of like, you know, <gasps> books and paper and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. going into the digital and into the into the movies. Like, so we, I feel like as, as 90s kids, true 90s kids, got to experience the best of both worlds, which is why we can appreciate comics and while it's very convenient to have it on your phone and like oh yeah i got like 20 issues of so-and-so on my phone but there's just something about holding on to this book and just going through the pages and stuff it's just it's quite something else let me tell you (laughs) yeah to to say the least right It, it is something else it's something truly unique and i'm not sure i mean i'm very early on in my comic book journey i'm not sure anything matches it like it's it's nothing I've ever read personally so far. It's it is it is incredible, and I'm so glad that we were able to go on this journey. Thank you for introducing me to oh, Watchmen. Definitely. Oh my God, you officially introduced yeah, me to Watchmen. It is it is my pleasure. And like I said, once I dive more into the other Watchmen stuff, which uh, what I said earlier with Alan Moore, if there's anything that's like not true to his material, he wants nothing to do with. So Alan. Alan Moore's name is not on any of the other Watchmen stuff. It's not on the show. It's oh. not on the Before Watchmen series. And it's not on uh, the Doomsday Clock series either. So wow. uh, with, with that being said, I don't know how different it's going to be from from the original book here. But I will definitely, you know, right. he, let you know because I definitely... Like, especially yeah. getting back into it. I'm like, oh, man, I want to see what everyone else kind of did with it. I personally think they're not going to match you know watchmen but apparently doomsday clock is like really amazing so we 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 shall see yeah we shall see it's crazy how else they can go into it but really like we have so many questions i'm sure how much they answer it so i am very curious but andrew thank you so much that was seriously like an that was like the watchmen episode for ocd it's a big deal dude again (laughs) i i am honored and i just oh man i I've wanted to be on the show for for quite some time, and I'm, I'm so glad that you've let me uh, be on the show. Like I'm just like I'm stumbling. I would my my words like just of how grateful <laughs> no. I am to to Aww. be on here, and I'm not you know overplaying anything. Like I I love the the comic book medium and the fact that I got to do one of my favorite books of all time, and and with you, and I love that. You know, I, I feel like now, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now I'm I'm on p- part of your comic book journey now, and I've and I've yes, given you a hundred percent, and I've given you this this must read book, and I and it just makes me happy to like just share that and 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 find that you know you and other people can find appreciation in these things, and and that is you know long you know words for nerding out. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, what are you doing here again, man? Where'd you come from? Uh, I got I was <laughs> eating pizza the whole time. I just wanted to come in and like <laughs> do like a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that Mikey, Rorschach, and Andrew could all be here today. Super thank and thank you for your kind words, Andrew. That really means a lot. Thank you for your support. You've literally been here since the beginning and you have just been so much a part of O C D and I I think of you when I record. I'm like, This is for Andrew. Yeah. Oh, sure. I know he's listening. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like I there was a period where I like I played catch up, which I do wanna do more often. Like I wanna stack the episodes, but I just I literally do get excited for Wednesdays because I'll just go on a walk like in and 
that's I just listened to the episode and that's how long I need for like my walk oh. or my run or if I'm working out or whatever. Like I, you know, I'll just pop it on if I'm working out on a Wednesday, you know, as much as I just want to say, because I, I love binging and marathoning, but like I, I can't with, with this podcast anymore. I just, I cannot, I get excited for what like you're going to review and everything. And like, I, it's awesome that we got to cover such a big book. And I wouldn't say that it's a basic book, but it's like been definitely a must read. But the fact sure. that just in general, you, you, uh, you know, when it was, it was you and Corey, but like even you as well, where you're just picking some of like these abstract titles that like, I, I personally wouldn't even think to read. I'm like, okay. That's interesting. And like in titles that I've heard of that I never got to really like dive into. And I, and I don't really care. Like I, for as far as spoilers, like I'll listen to them. But like I experienced the journey all on my own and in my own weird way. Sure. So it like it doesn't matter. Like Saga is definitely on my list. I definitely want to read Saga. I know that's like your guys is like almost like number one, if dare I say. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Saga is is very close to my heart and my husband as well. We we love Saga. That's awesome. But, but yeah. Well, yeah, I was just going to say thank you so much again. Like it was such an honor and it just oh my god, thank you so aw. much. Like I I had a lot of fun oh. today. Oh, but well, you're here now, but you're going to be on in a few months as well. You're coming in back for oh, October. I know. I'm excited. I can't wait to review it. Now. That's <laughs> also one of one of my favorite titles. Not as I will I will say it's not as deep as Watchmen, but it's 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 fun. It's definitely a lot of it's fun. It's a fun one. <laughs> I'm so excited to the, review that with you. Well, Andrew, my pal, will you please plug anything that you'd like to here on uh, on OCD? I would plug myself in, but I'll just whisper, no. <laughs> no, I'm, okay. I'm totally kidding. So, no. um, so uh, if you guys wanted to follow me, I, I'm primarily more active on on Instagram. Um, it's going to be under Drew Kyle Voice Writer. Uh, Drew Kyle's like that's my stage name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you guys can follow me there. Um, I uh, I have done a few like podcasts and um, a couple episodes of of um, of a friend's podcast as well. Uh, um, those links will be in my link tree on on uh, Instagram, which is why I say that's my primary page. I also I'm also on uh, Facebook under under my regular name, or um, I have a Drew Kyle voiceover page as well that you can follow. Um, once I get more stuff, you know, due to everything going on, there's not a whole, whole lot, but uh, some of my stuff will be there too. Um, I forget if I'm on Twitter. I think I'm on Twitter, but I don't really go on Twitter. But um, yeah, <laughs> for, for to check out my stuff, just go on to my Instagram, go to my link tree and some of my uh, podcasts and stuff uh, will be there as well. And um, we got some, uh, I have some projects in the works, uh, hopefully to announce in the future. So feel free to follow. And if you want those follows back, you're not getting it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, will, I will absolutely follow you. I support anyone else's artistic journeys and stuff. So let's let's all do, let's all do this together. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. You got to. We got to do this together. Yes, absolutely. Follow Andrew. He is awesome. Let me tell you. He he's got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt on. I mean, he's. I mean, obviously he's awesome. <laughs> so uh, well, great. Thank you so much for visiting us. Um, and if you would like to follow OCD, you can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook, Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. You can also, like I uh, described in the beginning of this episode, you can support OCD on Patreon at Patreon.com slash OCD Podcast. If you love us, go ahead and leave us a five-star Apple Podcast review. And 
if you just you're just in love with us, go ahead and head over to OCD Podcast on Instagram because that's really where I'm at, and leave me a message. Let me know. Um, who are you? Where are you from? And, and, you know, just, just come say hello. I love when people come say hello. It makes my freaking day. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into ongoing comic book discussion podcast. Say bye, goodbye, Andrew. Bye, bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye. Hello. Oh, no. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>